0: Two younger brothers. My brother is how old? Are they? I think maybe twenty-seven to twenty-five. I'm not really sure, <laughs> but um, but yeah, two younger brothers, who one of which is married and just had his 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 first child. His
1: first child, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. All right, talk to me a little bit about your relationship with your with your dad. The good, the bad, the ugly. I've known your dad since we were teenagers. Um, he has always been. Uh, the only thing we're, oh, words that come to my 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 mind right now are Justin upright. He's always been a stand up guy, never um, the guy who was, you know, laughing and joking and lying. When he said something, what he said is what he meant, and he was always very serious, even from a young age. And I see that as a uh, a mature man now. He he's always been that way. We laugh, we joke, we have a good time, but at the end of the day, when he says something, he means it. So tell us mm-hmm. about your relationship with him growing up.
0: Yeah, so I think the, the biggest thing about my dad my dad that I appreciated so much is he was always there. I never had to question if he was going to show up. I mean, I was never great at sports, but he came to every track meet, every volleyball game, right, to support. I never, and I, and I don't think I realized how important that was until I got older and more mature and recognize that even when I was coming home from dates that he maybe didn't approve of and all that kind of stuff later on, I knew that he was at that dining room table waiting to be a listening ear if I wanted to. Now in high school and early college, I wasn't interested in having those types of conversations with my dad, right, (laughs) wasn't trying to talk, but he was there and because he was consistent, when I did get to the point where I wanted to have those conversations with my dad, I knew that he was going to be there for me to have them. So that's been my relationship with my dad. And then the other thing that I think is really important for me is I saw a man who was not you know, I always say my dad is like a radical in his own way, definitely anti-capitalist, even though he wouldn't say that, definitely a feminist, even though he wouldn't call himself that. Because the ways that he characterized um marriage to me, he never really talked about my role as a wife or those kinds of things. I mean, he was very much so invested in me being who I was. And then once marriage came, that came. But like he was not interested in that type of dialogue at all, which was very Which wasn't as normal especially being here in the south and especially being a part of a church like church of god in christ right Mm -hmm. which is which very much so talks about those things my dad was not that and then when i say anti-capitalist i just mean um he didn't do things for other people um we didn't dress for other people he didn't drive certain cars for the people as a matter of fact i think he purposely kept the oldest most raggedy car he could for (laughs) as long as he could just, I really think it was to prove a point. <laughs> um, and so, but those things are what shaped me and shaped the way that I sort of characterized not just myself as a woman, but as a human being mm-hmm. operating in this world and my own ethics and politics about the type of work that I do. So right. yeah, that's how I would say my
1: dad. Okay. So tell me a, a high point with your relationship with your dad and a low point in your relationship with your dad.
0: So I think a high point was definitely when jerome and i were getting married because my dad was was sort of saying hey i think you all should gonna we were planning on moving in together okay full transparency i was living in philly we were planning on just moving in together i really wasn't pushing marriage at the time, and we, we had gotten engaged, but it, it just wasn't harmless. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, I think you all should just go ahead and get married, you know, what are you waiting for? And I was kind of like, oh, Dad, are you doing that thing where you being pushy? Like, what? I mean, what are we on the rush for? <laughs> um, but he he said it, and at the time it was like, okay, okay, this can work, logistically this can work. We both were in agreement, Jerome and I, about it. You know what, let's go ahead and get married. We're moving it together, let's do it. Let's go through the process and all of that. And it was crazy because literally a month after we got married, my husband's brother passed extremely mm. unexpectedly. Okay. And I look back at those pictures now and the video we have now that had we waited until the next summer, which is what we planned on doing. Right. Um, we wouldn't have those with him. Mm. Um, and I just felt like my dad was so supportive and so like, no, we can make this work. We can do it. Right. And so, there every step of the way that for me, that was a really high point. And also just trusting his judgment on it because yeah. I don't think he knew that that was going to happen. But I thank God that he pushed us to say, let's just consider going ahead and getting married. So, that was a high point for me. Okay. Low point was definitely high school. Okay. <laughs> high school was a low <laughs> point. <boring. laughs> because, you know, here I am trying to transition to, you know, into. Young womanhood, and really, my most important goal was to be as attractive to the opposite sex as possible, right? Mm -hmm. And my dad is bringing home Chronicle of Higher Education and wants to sit and have these in-depth discussions (laughs) about things that I really don't want to talk about, right, at that time. And you know, and he's also kind of, you know, around clothing, right? Mm -hmm. That's a big thing, and Mm -hmm. modesty, and all of these things that, again, I'm just not really all that interested in having a discussion about. And so I think for me, that moment was just kind of like, I don't really, you don't really want to talk to anybody when you're a teenager, right? Like you just, everybody is yeah. annoying. I, I always um, say yeah.
1: kids lose their mind somewhere around 13 <laughs> to 15. They think their parents are stupid. They don't know anything. <laughs> right. They don't want to hear anything <laughs> right. they have to say. And then they <laughs> right. kind of regain it somewhere around 19, 20, 21. Yeah. You start coming back to your parents and asking for yeah. advice. So. Exactly. You're you're in the norm, okay? I yeah, I, I yeah. got four kids. Yeah. I've been through it with all four of them. <laughs> Some were worse than others. So <laughs> that that that's a normal time, you know, that yeah, during was, that it, high school time. time.
0: Yeah, it was it was a rough time. And I'll say the other really rough time was when I was dating someone that my dad really really did not like. Mm. And I happened to really like them. And I don't know if I actually really like them or I just like them because nobody else liked.
1: You know, it's like we still going <laughs> to do that too, right?
0: um and so my dad i felt like my dad would you was- consider
1: that that person to be a project so when you needed to oh yeah that
0: was okay yeah effect. i'm not yeah. even sure what I- that was. <laughs> <laughs> looking back it was like what were we thinking yeah. um yeah. Look, but my dads dad could
1: see that like- when it's a project that needs to be built up, yeah. He like no baby i don't want you to <laughs> have to be you know strapped <laughs> with that leave that thing alone exactly. you know you exactly. want somebody who's already established and you know kind of at least has an idea they don't have to be perfect but yeah. you see the roots within them that there's something good yeah. coming out i i get yeah. it i get it
0: yeah yeah dad, dad was wasn't seeing any of that and he was right and yeah. but at the time i felt like he was being a bit dramatic yeah. And okay. I felt like he was kind of being a bit overboard. And this yeah. person was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my dad would just be just, oh, so hurt. And you uh-huh. know, he was just
1: so- L- A little bit like, oh, of a bad boy. Was that your bad boy face? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And you know, my dad is the complete opposite, right? So yes. I mean, that's not his, yes. nothing about.
1: Mm-hmm. And so,
0: you know, that yeah. was a bit of a rough time. Yeah. And I truly No, no one my would confuse your dad noise. of
1: having swag.
0: No. <laughs> so to see-, so to see This person, whose (laughs) primary goal in life was looking the part, I mean, it just hurt his heart.
1: It really hurt his heart.
0: (laughs) And so, um, but your dad
1: has always been about substance. Yeah. over over yeah. style or fashion not yeah. that he's not stylish and fashionable yeah. always looks yeah. very well but he's not looking to be trendy no. or anything no. like that um no. never never has been as long as i've known no. him and that's been over 40 some uh-huh. odd years <laughs> but he's always been somebody of substance and i'm sure to see yeah. him with someone who is basically the total opposite of him and his values yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was upset about it you know, yeah, and, it
0: was it was a, it was a struggle. It was a yeah, struggle, but yeah. I'm thankful for that and for that tension that we had because, mm-hmm. again, you know, Bill proved to be right, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and it was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I get it, I get it.
1: <laughs> probably, probably, be, I'm definitely before your time and even before my time. There was a TV show mm-hmm. called "Father Knows Best." Mm, okay. <laughs> okay and it sounds like my friend yeah. bill might be you know the the, lead, the leading character leading actor to get yeah. that role okay <laughs> and, and, and father knows best but that and that's always been the way he is and knowing his parents that's the way they were yeah. you know yeah. always mm-hmm. um sure steady conservative, never real flashy or anything yeah. else, reliable. I I, I love uh-huh. them. I, listen, I consider myself to be one of their children, okay? I don't think I ever had any godparents, but I consider right. them my godparents, all right? Yeah, right I call right, them mom yeah. and pop all the time. Your grandparents uh-huh. call them mom and pop all the time. So I, I, I can see the steady hand that they had, mm-hmm. and then see mm-hmm. the success in their children. And now, mm-hmm. you know, in their, in their grandchildren doing that. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, in, and in the time you talk about in high school and in dating this guy, there's a desire for a child to want to be independent. Right. You know, right. And then the parent mm-hmm. wanting to, at one stage guide and at another stage, mm-hmm. uh, keep you dependent. And that mm-hmm. kind of happens in the terrible twos. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you went through that with mm-hmm. your son, <laughs> where he wanted to be independent and do things on his own. And mm-hmm. you wanted him to, no, I'll do it for you, or let me show mm-hmm. you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of transitioning now into your, your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, how, mm-hmm. how did that work out in the, in the terrible twos? The terrible twos. <laughs> yeah,
0: with, with, with,
1: with, with your son. You know, because I've seen when him I, on social media. He's very, very active. He is his, yeah. his own man. He is yeah. uh determined to what he yes. wants to do and how he wants. And you yes. can I mean it comes through with social media. All right. Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. you had your struggles with him.
0: Yes, it was. And honestly, I think I blocked that time out of my mind. It was, I truly <laughs> think, I really think I blocked it out. Um I think that it grew me a lot as a mom and my patience, and understanding how to talk to him um, and how you talk to a two-year-old.
1: Again, Mm -hmm. I blocked
0: that out of my mind, um, (laughs) but really talk to him and and count him as just a little human being with big emotions Right. right now. Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how to express those emotions not being able it has to be frustrating to want to say something and nobody get what you're trying to say right to be thirsty and nobody Mm -hmm. can tell you one
1: that's good that
0: has to be frustrating that is good. so i took it as a step towards my own patience and understanding um Mm -hmm. and allowed myself the room to grow as a parent as he's growing as a little human Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah now your husband. Tell me, tell me about your husband, how how you all met, how long you dated. You said you've been married for five years. Tell me, tell me about mm-hmm. him.
0: Okay, so speaking of <laughs> speaking of fun. So okay. Jerome and I actually met at the club. We met in DC at a okay. club. Um and met, talked really briefly. DC at the time, I'm sure it is still now, but very young black professional crowd. You mm-hmm. go out, you meet people, what do you do for a living? Where do you go to school? All that kind of stuff. So we met. We linked up at the zoo, actually, which wasn't far from my house on Connecticut Avenue. Mm -hmm. And he was just hilarious. He was so funny. And then we started having a conversation. And I'm like, this man is his the conversation was just totally different. Imagine I'm 23, he's 25, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, "Oh, it's because he's 25, you know, he's just <laughs> so mature." <laughs> and what I didn't know is that he was a man of character because of the things he had gone through. Mm-hmm. He had already had open heart surgery at 21 at that point wow. and still managed to finish college. Okay. Um he was working as an accountant, you know. So mm-hmm. um he was even though how we met sounds like not, you know, how you would expect, he right. very much mirrored my dad in terms of character mm. and not being flashy. I mentioned he's an accountant, so he's yeah. constantly counting all of our dollars, <laughs> every snack. <laughs> all of my target shopping. He knows, he knows it all.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, your and, dad is not tight with a penny, is he?
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> I just told you those raggedy cars, I don't know what the thing
1: was.
0: <laughs> and similarly, my husband is holding on to this car. He will not yeah, let go okay. of.
1: So you, you married a man just, just like your dear old dad.
0: Just, just like my dad, Did, couldn't <laughs> avoid it. And so, but I saw a man of character yeah. and who had something to say and whose words aligned with his actions, even when we were still out and about in these streets, as mm-hmm. they say. Um, even when he he's now Jerome Harper, but I knew him when he was Rome Hart, right? Okay, okay. Was a little <laughs> bit more fun. Um, his words and his actions <laughs> still aligned. Yeah. And um, as we grew together and matured mm-hmm. together, those things matured together. And quite frankly, as someone who is a very independent mm-hmm. person, I just said my dad definitely raised me yeah. in a more, I think, feminist way. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the first man I met that I respected. At the same level as I respect my dad as a leader, because it would have been it would have been almost impossible for me to marry someone who I didn't feel like I could ask them a question. And I respected the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, So
1: so your dad set the bar very high, right? Mm -hmm. You're an attractive young lady, an intelligent young lady, which intimidates Mm -hmm. a lot of young men. So and my my daughters are going through this now, Dad. I can't mm-hmm. find anybody. They're all this and they're all that, but nobody mm-hmm. that I would be interested in for the long term. Did you go through that? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I dated some guys who I think were comfortable with how I presented in terms of the feminine Southern thing, mm-hmm. but once I mentioned like career goals or said something because I read a lot. So I, you know, I could talk about a lot of different topics mm-hmm. that didn't align with us talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed to not really work. And it, yeah. I don't think it didn't really work on their end. I just kind of disappeared because right. I knew I can't be in a relationship with someone that can't respect or understand my mind mm-hmm. as much as they like the way that I look. Right. And so, yeah, that can be intimidating. Okay. And it okay. was, and yeah. that's what made Jerome so attractive because it didn't, him. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Definitely had to be a special young man uh, to mm-hmm. approach you and feel comfortable and then mm-hmm. accept everything that is you. You know, a yeah, woman with a exactly. Ph.D., great looking woman, mm-hmm. very articulate mm-hmm. and smart and everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of men would have been intimidated and walked away. All you know, right. So mm-hmm. I, I give him kudos for that. Mm-hmm. Once you all were married, uh, mm-hmm. expecting a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me. Well, Let's go back, because a lot of my podcasts, I talk about being a a Mm -hmm. father and expecting a child. Mm -hmm. Did you plan on having a child and and intentionally um, had relations to make a child, or was it like, oh, I'm pregnant?
0: It was, what a beautiful blessing, I'm pregnant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and Listen, I've got four, all right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would say they were all a beautiful blessing. I (laughs) I don't remember planning any of them. My wife may have planned one of them, but the other, I wasn't planning on any of them. Okay. Right. That's typically the way it happens. And as men, we're almost, I don't want to say forced, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't our plan. It wasn't our expectation. It wasn't the goal we were trying to reach, but Mm -hmm. now it's Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. and we're slow to make the change to becoming Mm -hmm. a father where women seem to do that faster uh, Mm -hmm. and they're almost, you're almost forced to as a woman because your body is changing Mm -hmm. almost immediately. And as a man, Mm -hmm. we don't see all of those changes. We don't feel any of those changes typically Mm -hmm. till the child gets here. So Mm -hmm. how was your husband as an expected father?
0: So it was rough at first because yes, it was a surprise. And I think, Jerome, to your point about men having to catch up, was trying to grapple with this not being a part of his five year, we Mm -hmm. wanna be in a particular place financially, we want to travel, we want Mm -hmm. to still be able to go out without any strings attached, right? As a newly married couple, and now you're saying you're pregnant, right? And I think I was a little disappointed in his response at first, Mm -hmm. because I felt like, you know, okay, we're married, this is what happens we have children and to be honest I was like who cares about the five year plan like I'm a, I'm he- <laughs> him a while but I think, and we talked about it, I actually articulated him, I really don't like the way you're talking about this pregnancy. It feels very logistical. We also speak two different languages. I'm on the humanity side. I'm very flowy and like...
1: Flowy, so, emotional, you know, creative. Yeah. yeah. and he's very, you know, <laughs> let me account for every penny that's here. Yeah. You okay, I, I get like, it.
0: Do you, know how much, do you know how much a baby is going to cost? Like, we, we thought, you know... And, um, and so, but I think as we move forward in the pregnancy, you feel the baby kick, you know, you, you just start to feel and see the ultrasounds. He found out we were having a boy, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. that shifts the narrative, that shifts the conversation and definitely shifted him as an expected father. But I'll say for myself, I also had to be mindful that he's not going to react and respond the same way I am. And I can't expect that from him. I can articulate, Hey, we can do better in this, but we are two different
1: people. Right. 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 And as far as, you know, being socialized and nurtured from a child, a woman is Mm -hmm. usually nurtured to be maternal and take Mm -hmm. care of a child. Mm -hmm. Whereas a man, it's almost you got caught when you, when a child comes along and that's kind of, you know, socially, uh, that's the, the norm. Mm -hmm. I've met men who wanted to have children and were purposefully Mm -hmm. having children. So it's not Mm -hmm. that not everybody wants it that way, but it does it does happen. Mm -hmm. And it takes us Mm -hmm. a while to shift into that mode. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. during the nine months, um, I know Lisa was throwing up almost from the very beginning and probably for the first seven months she would mm-hmm. call me to come into the bathroom and hold her hand mm-hmm. while she was mm-hmm. throwing up she was actually in the hospital mm-hmm. because she was so mm-hmm. sick and i was there with mm-hmm. her so she mm-hmm. pulled me into it very early then when the cravings mm-hmm. came and everything i was i was running at eleven thirty mm-hmm. at night getting her ice cream mm-hmm. and whatever she wanted how is he mm-hmm. on that end being supportive to you, your physical needs, your cravings, and everything else? And I always say men probably need an, an emotional support team when their wives are pregnant, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> because the, I'm sorry, but ladies are all over the place with the emotions. And sometimes we get yeah. sensitive trying to deal with it, yeah. okay? How was he during mm-hmm. that time?
0: Yeah, so he was good about, I was sick for probably the first couple of months. He was good about that. Um, he definitely let me know like, hey, oh, okay, you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. So you're going, because like this, you were, what are you trying <laughs> to say? What, what are you, t- you're mad and then you're sad. And it got to the point where when I was pregnant with my daughter, he told me I was pregnant before I was, because mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I've seen So he before. could see <laughs> the change, okay. Mm-hmm. Um and so he he yeah, I guess he did have to walk on eggshells a little bit and yeah. get to and get to know um kind of where I was and what I needed and my down times and my more up happy times. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that he did a good job of navigating that. I think he did an excellent job of being patient. Okay. Um because yeah, my moods were, were my mood was everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you were a little little bit of a terror there.
0: Oh, I was a little bit of a tear,
1: <laughs> but he—he he was the perfect gentleman. I'm—I'm I'm glad to glad to yeah, hear he was, that. He
0: was fine. Yeah, was glad fine, glad
1: yeah. to hear that. Now, your son Josiah was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, was he there in the delivery room, Jerome?
0: He's there in the delivery room. Okay. Um, he does skin to skin. He says to me now, you know, I—that was the scariest thing I've ever seen.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, pushing the baby out, the whole thing.
1: It is life changing.
0: It's life changing. It's life changing. -changing.
1: You know, not just having the child, but watching uh, that child being born is is life changing. I felt closer to God seeing that happen. (laughs) <laughs> okay. And it was yeah.
0: just,
1: yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and yeah. I, 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 I still don't have the words to describe it. And I've been through it for four different times. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a magical experience. I tell men all the time, mm-hmm. you do not want to miss the birth of your child. You want to no, be there no. in the delivery room mm-hmm. for the birth of your child. Mm-hmm. Um, you all were there together when you made the child, you need to be there together mm-hmm. when that child enters into this earth. You know, so mm-hmm. that, yeah, No, that.
0: it's funny because I was I was experiencing contractions and I actually told him to go ahead and go to work because mm. I thought ah, I can probably hold off until you get off. Right. And the women at his job told him, no, tell her <laughs> she needs to go. Out. You need to meet her at Penn Hospital. <laughs> she is about to have this baby. <laughs> And I'm thankful to them because I was yeah. like, no, yeah. this isn't going to happen anytime yeah. soon. Don't yeah. worry about it. But he ended up meeting me at the hospital and it, it was Good. funny because right when he got there, my water broke and okay. then everything kind of went. Everything kind of so went. So it was perfect time.
1: And how long were you in labor?
0: So I guess I got out the hospital at like 10 a.m. My water broke at like 12. I didn't give birth until like one o'clock the next morning.
1: Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. T- typically, the first one is a long labor. Yeah. The second one, yeah. is, usually goes Way much faster. quicker. Yeah. You know, and then the mm-hmm. third. Well, I was on the third and the fourth. They went much quicker than the first two. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not wishing that on you. You have the family that you Wait. and Jerome decide to have. And so you know, you got right. a, listen. You got a boy and a girl. You know, that's almost the right. ideal <laughs> family: husband, wife, right. boy, girl. Boys the oldest. You, you all do what y'all need to do, okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you when you brought Josiah home, how was how Jerome as a dad? And I'm, and I'm not picking on him.
0: The podcast yeah. is
1: about fathers and fatherhood, and yeah. I want to get a woman's pers- perspective.
0: Yeah. I think that it took him a while to adjust to the fact that this child is going to wake up every two hours. <laughs> and that there's no training that we can do. That's key. To, to mediate that. This mm-hmm. is not a two or three year old, right? This right. is a newborn right. um, that's going to wake up every two hours. And so we will not sleep. And that's just yep. the end of it. yeah And I think it took a while to come to terms with that, mm-hmm. you know, coming home from work and being able to just kick your feet up and relax. Well, I've been home with a baby all day. Mm-hmm. So when he got home from work, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that meme where they're like, "Give me two seconds, right, right. of, of mm-hmm. time." And I think it took a while to say like, "Hey." Um, we don't have our time anymore, right. at least not for right now yeah. in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was rough. We yeah. were in New Jersey. We were in South Jersey. We had no family really close. Right. And it was just us. And we had some knockdown, drag out fights, arguments, mm-hmm. not physical fights, right. arguments mm-hmm. that stemmed out of just being tired and frustrated mm-hmm. and by ourselves yeah. and trying to figure out how to handle a baby. So I always say, you know, I think, a lot of times the media characterizes um single parenthood a particular way and like if you have a husband there then everything will be fine no babies change everything beautiful mm-hmm. wonderful but they will change the dynamic of your relationship all we're going out every thursday evening and getting <laughs> margaritas right that's not how ha- you're gonna have to make them at home right <laughs> figure out ways you know to still have fun because it's just not happening it's not. so um it changes that di- it
1: changed the dynamic completely. Yeah. 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 Completely changes that dynamic. Let me ask you, how was he getting up? And in- I know with my kids, Lisa, mm-hmm. if she got up at night, she was mm-hmm. up for three, four hours straight. She turned on the mm-hmm. light. She started talking mm-hmm. to me and everything. I could not get into <laughs> yeah. sleep. Whereas me, I could get up, rock the baby to sleep, bottle, diaper, whatever, mm-hmm. lay them mm-hmm. back down, And before Mm -hmm. they went to sleep, my eyes closed and I was sleeping. (laughs) So I would get up with them at night. How was he Uh, getting up at night?
0: So he would get up, but Jerome's actually the opposite. Once he's up, he's up. So he sleeps very light. And of course, the baby's in the room with us. Mm -hmm. So so he wasn't getting any sleep anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he would get up a lot of the times, especially if I was saying, I just can't, I I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, He was good about it, but I do think then to get back up in the morning it was just Still, like because he just you're not getting any sleep and yeah. i'm thankful because i've heard other stories of men saying hey go to the other room mm-hmm. or take them somewhere else yeah and he never um he never did that right okay. he, he struggled through it with me yeah. and i appreciate him for that
1: okay okay let me and, mm-hmm. and i'm kind of going back as i missed this earlier just mm-hmm. briefly what was his relationship like with his father
0: so Jerome's father has been incarcerated since he was one month old.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Incarcerated since he was one month old. Okay. His relationship extends as far as phone conversations right. every right. few few months or right. so. So he didn't have and a role so model. His, what he, his fathering really came from his brother and his cousin. His brother was 12 years older than him. Okay. And his cousin was 12 years older. And so they sort of were the fathering figures. Okay. And I think he watched his brother, who also did not have a relationship with his father, mm-hmm. parent his kids in ways that I see Jerome parent our children, if okay. that makes sense. Okay, good. Because good. for him to not have had that fathering experience, yeah. you wouldn't know it. I mean, right. you really, and, and a lot of it had to do, I really credit his older brother and cousin. Mm-hmm for setting this standard. Yeah. I also think because I asked Jerome about this before, many of the people in his family are not married. And so I asked him, you know, what made you want to be married? And I think it was a wanting something different okay, and seeing something different as a possibility for himself. Right. And so that I think made a huge difference, but it also meant that we've had to learn a new dynamic mm-hmm. because if you don't see that dynamic growing up. Right you're kind of establishing a new legacy, right? right. For yourself,
1: mm-hmm. That
0: sort of starts with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I think always say that. With, the, with the podcast, and I'm, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off, with the podcast, mm-hmm. two most important things we do in life, being a parent mm-hmm. and being a spouse, mm-hmm. there is no mm-hmm. training for There's no Mm -hmm. school that you go to. There's no course Mm -hmm. that you take. Women will read books Mm -hmm. about it. As men, we don't typically go and read a book about how to be a man, Mm -hmm. how to be a father. Mm -hmm. And we all Mm kind of learn. And we're either given a good role model or a poor role Mm -hmm. model by the Mm -hmm. men in our lives that came before Mm -hmm. us. I had someone on Mm -hmm. before who had a good role model. And his father, Mm -hmm. like Jerome's father, had been incarcerated most of his adult life. Mm Mm -hmm. And even though he had a good role model, his stepfather, Mm his bonus dad, I'll call him, Mm -hmm. he wanted to follow in the footsteps of his biological father,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and be
1: out running the streets. And thank God he Mm -hmm. didn't completely follow it. He's never been to jail or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But he was Mm -hmm. out there living Mm -hmm. that life. And now that he's had a child, Mm -hmm. he's kind Mm -hmm. of come back around. Listen, Mm -hmm. I was impressed with, uh, with your husband, Jerome, before. I'm even more Mm -hmm. impressed with him now (laughs) 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 that really he has not had a role model and has Mm -hmm. been able to be the model Mm -hmm. dad. You know, I Mm -hmm. I know, you know, for me, when I got up at night, I took the babies downstairs in the family room while Lisa Mm -hmm. slept upstairs so that she could Mm -hmm. get some sleep uh, during the day Mm -hmm. and not to ask you to, to leave out. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's admirable you know, that he mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. just kind of, you know, suffer through it, knowing that he mm-hmm. had to go to work the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got mm-hmm. a good one. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> you, you you got a good one. now, with your daughter, dads mm-hmm. and daughters are totally different than dads and sons. <laughs> How is he? Tell me about that.
0: Uh, she has him wrapped around his... <laughs> I mean, some of the things... That Josiah was, I I was like, Josiah was one. And he was like, nope, can't get away with it. Can't get away with it. If we don't check it now, you know. (laughs) Alani is, you know, bless her heart, a little tyrant. I mean, she's just, she (laughs) points at everything she wants, you know. And we're supposed to get up and move to where she's pointing to. And and so much, much, much different. This is going to be an interesting journey, uh, to say the least. Yeah,
1: yeah. Daughters do that to there, yeah, I, and I've seen some of the roughest, toughest, you know, karate uh, knowing men walk around with a gun every day, just get wrapped around right. their daughter's finger, and um, with yeah. their sons, you know, I, I've I've seen them just snap his fingers and say, mm-hmm. "Suck it up,"
0: you mm-hmm. know.
1: Right. With the daughter <laughs> totally, totally, totally different. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. As far as caring for her and everything Is he still, Does he get mm-hmm. up at night And you know, well now she's, she's one But when she was born, yeah. getting up at night And doing all of that good stuff
0: yeah and i will say we had more help this time around my mom is here so we had the buffer of having family to sort of because keep in mind when we had josiah we're in a one-bedroom apartment so there's really nowhere to go Mm, to avoid the crime right okay okay here we live in a little bit larger place and so um we can go downstairs and mediate and say, okay, Okay. you're here, you're there. That made a difference. And also him working from home made a huge difference. You know, the pandemic, horrible and all of that, but the work from home portion of it was really beneficial for our family, for our family unit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he still works from home? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Um, Can you say that your relationship with your dad, set expectations for you as a wife, for your husband, as a father?
0: Yeah, for my husband, yeah, I think it did. Okay. And I think that to be honest, I'm having to work through that they, while similar, are not the same person. Right. And therefore, it, it have my expectations for my children's relationship with their father let that go of what i have mm. and let their relationship be their relationship
1: okay
0: um that for me has been really important yeah yeah it's him fathering the way that is for him yeah and yeah. not the way that i've seen it done before and therefore expect it to, to happen right right it was great it was wonderful mm-hmm. but there are things that my dad may not have talked about like we didn't really talk about you know, sexual relationships or anything like that, that to be honest, I needed, I needed mm-hmm. that conversation Okay. where Jerome and his mom and his family are just much more open with talking about yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate and hope that he brings that part of his fathering into the relationship with our children. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's very important. Those expectations. Um, I know I came from a household where my dad's voice was very strong and dominant, Mm -hmm. but my mom was also very strong. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: My wife, Lisa, my late wife, Lisa, she came from a house where her mom's voice was very strong. Although Mm -hmm. her dad was also very strong in the Mm -hmm. household. Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. I said to her was, That if we both came into the relationship, expect me expecting to be like my dad or her expecting to be like my mom, listen, we can, Mm -hmm. you know, fold this tent up now, you know, just Mm -hmm. go our separate ways because we will not Mm -hmm. succeed. Mm -hmm. Every relationship, husband and wife, is unique Mm -hmm. and different.
0: Yeah.
1: Who makes the money? Who counts the money? Uh, who spends Mm -hmm. the money, um, uh, Mm -hmm. who who cleans, who cooks. And I've seen houses, Mm -hmm. a friend of mine, where he would cook all the time. His wife would come home from work. Mm -hmm. She would sit Mm -hmm. and read Oprah Magazine, waiting Mm -hmm. for her husband to come home and cook because he was a great cook. That worked for Um, them. You know, you have to find what works for you in that relationship. And -hmm. the same thing Mm -hmm. as as parents. You have to find... What we're, and it's a moving target because yeah. as they grow yeah. and change, you know, they go from, you know, expecting to being an infant, uh, moving on to being mm-hmm. a toddler uh, to that, you know, mm-hmm. early childhood stages. It's a moving mm-hmm. target and your role changes, mm-hmm. his role changes, and you all have mm-hmm. to be able to kind of roll with the, roll with the punches yeah. as, as a mm-hmm. team and as a unit, mm-hmm. you know, and it sounds mm-hmm. like you all have done that very, very beautifully. Listen, I wanna wrap up with this. Tell me a little bit about um, Don't Waste Your College Tuition.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the book okay, that you yeah. written in the, yeah, go ahead, tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so back in 2019, Jerome and I had this idea. We were talking about our college experiences and talking about the fact that a lot of times students go to college With the expectation that all they have to do is show up and they'll get the degree and then a good job good being subjective to what they want will fall into their lap and that we're in a moment where college is much more competitive um, where you're going to have to do a lot of extra work which includes internships fellowships pipeline programs etc study abroad in order to really set yourself up for the type of career if that's what you're choosing to do that you would like to do it's not as easy to get into medical school it's not as easy to get into phd programs right as it may have been in the past and so we were talking about that and decided you know what we should write a book something really short simple to the point about it, and then as we were talking to people about the book, we found out that so many people were really looking for help around funding for college and trying to figure that whole thing out. And I knew quite a bit about that and knew the type of work it required. Also, I'm a high school teacher, I teach juniors and seniors, so I get to see that as well. And that's sort of where that came from, just really a desire to help students, specifically students of color, to understand what they have to do to compete. Yeah. and um and that has been a labor of love for both of us to do yeah
1: yeah and it is a much needed resource i know for mm-hmm. me i'm the first in um my family to have gone to college
0: mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm.
1: parents couldn't tell me about the act or the sat mm-hmm. or writing the mm-hmm. essays and everything else mm-hmm. you know my kids now have a whole generation of aunts and uncles who have gone to college and in their Mm -hmm. generation, all of their cousins have gone to college, grad school, Mm -hmm. PhDs. And so, Mm -hmm. so they, they now help, help each other, but those resources Mm -hmm. are, are drastically needed because every parent they look at, you know, their child's in high school, they're looking at going to college what do I do? How do I get there? Yeah. And I love the mm-hmm. materials that you ha- have online. Uh, full disclosure, I have not purchased your book. I will purchase your mm-hmm. book okay, and, mm-hmm. and, and want to read it and recommend it uh, to other people. Mm-hmm. But as I was doing my research for today, I saw where you got some, what, 700 and so over $700,000 in scholarship going to school to get mm-hmm. your PhD. Which is truly, yeah, truly yeah, amazing. Yeah, between
0: my master's and PhD,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, between the master's and PhD. And so, folks, it can be done without going deep into debt. Please get uh, get Leah and Jerome's book. Uh, Leah, I want to just say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad I had had you on as my first female guest. Um, it was wonderful talking to you. Uh, please give my love to Jerome and uh, and the kids. Um, I have. I, I knew he was a special young man. Uh, hearing your grandparents talk about him and uh, seeing the way you all interact on social media, and I think I've met him once or twice. Uh, now I'm even more impressed with him. Okay, by the by the things <laughs> that you, you have somewhere. said. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for having
1: me. I so appreciate it. Okay. You are welcome. Listen, folks, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, I hope you catch our next episode. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please, by all means, listen, they all build upon each other. Some of the things we've talked about here, we've talked about in earlier uh, episodes in, in much greater detail. And uh, and look for, for the next episode. I have another guest coming up probably in about two weeks who a young man who grew up without his father, grew up with his uncle in his life, and you can see the influence there. And uh, and we'll talk about his journey. It's uh, it's very unique, and I think you'll find it uh, very interesting. Thank you all for listening. Okay.